This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about teamwork. Teamwork is defined as the combined action of a group of people, especially when effective and efficient. A couple of episodes ago, we talked about getting out of production and into management. There's more to success as a business owner than just finding others to do your work. The term teamwork gets stretched and misused a lot, but organizational development experts say a good team has a compact number of members. I've read six to eight, although in some sports you clearly need nine or eleven. Anyway, there has to be a defined goal that you can measure, such as creating an innovative product or achieving high satisfaction in a service business. Collaboration is a different concept, although teams can certainly work collaboratively. To create this episode, I turned to one of my client alumni. CEDF is particularly proud of clients who have flown from our financing nest and are working with commercial banks now. I've long admired her ability to manage an organization where teamwork is on display. Uh, I'm Dawn Reshin Doty. I'm the CEO of Binet Enterprises. We're a full-service back-office bookkeeping and business management firm. Our headquarters is in Danbury, Connecticut. We have a second office in Portland, Maine. We've been in business for 31 years. Other people seem to have noticed Benet's teamwork, too. I asked Dawn about an award she won when she described for me her employee headcount and staff assignments. I won the 2016 SBA Minority-Owned Small Business of the Year Award in Connecticut. Currently, we're up to 12, and that's over two locations plus one remote worker. Primarily, it's client managers, which are bookkeepers. Um, We have administrative staff. We have part-time bookkeepers, and we have two, at least a semester, interns from local universities. There's a whole lot at stake when you own a small business. It can be devilishly hard to place trust in employees, especially if, as an owner, you begin with the usual hard knocks and disappointments that can come with learning management on the job. I asked Dawn what teamwork means in her organization and how she got comfortable as a boss with the concept. I think it's finding the best in each person and bringing that to the forefront, letting them have an opportunity to shine, bring new ideas, and not micromanaging. So akin to uh, rearing plants or rearing children, that you have to give people opportunities to grow and shine and develop, and you get the best from them they get the best opportunity. So I think what we've evolved into is really working as a team, as a company, and also taking that team methodology and focusing it on our clients so that we have a team of people who support our clients as opposed to an individual or a hierarchy where there's me, the boss, and then everyone supporting me. It's the entire team of Binet supporting our clients. And then within the organization, It's us working as a team to support one another and bring our strengths and weaknesses to bear when somebody has urgent matter in terms of work or personal life. Somebody jumps in or several people jump in to support them in whatever way they can, and we all do better. I think for us, in terms of the team, 
focus. If the team has an issue, they will speak among themselves, work out what needs to be done, and delegate within the company without involving me. So there really is an equality to everyone's value and experience here, and they don't have to constantly bring me into the fray. They can let me know if there's an issue or a problem, but otherwise they can resolve it on their own. So they're looking at best practices throughout the staff. People here, some people have 18 years experience, some have two years experience, but they can draw from that well of knowledge and come up with the best ways of doing things. And I think that that empowers them not to panic, but to think, okay, we can do this. Who in the team knows how to deal with this best? So I don't want people to feel that they're just a cog in the wheel. They're part of how the entire organization runs and their input and ideas are very important. And one of the things that we do is we have weekly meetings, usually twice a week, where we sit down and go over how each client is doing, how everyone's doing, and if they're having problems that somebody else can jump in and say, hey, how about I help you out here, or have you tried that? So on both levels, in, internally as a team and externally in the focus on our clients, that collaborative methodology makes us a better functioning organization. A lot has been said about businesses needing to listen to their customers. And the paper companies are making a fortune from all the surveys on the bottom of every retail receipt you get these days. But what about companies listening to their employees? To, to speak to listening to your customers, obviously we've done questionnaires. We meet with our clients in one way, shape, or form on a monthly basis and constantly ask, how are we doing? But within the organization, I encourage people to ask, how am I doing as the head of the organization? And to evaluate one another how they're doing. Where can they grow? Where can they do better? Where have they had difficulties? And how can we avoid those situations in the future? I also want to know how we're doing as an organization so people feel that they have real growth opportunities here. What are they interested in learning? We had a meeting last week where we talked about implementing access as a program to be used for some internal functions. And one of our staff, who's relatively new, unbeknownst to us, had studied access and said he'd be willing to jump into that fray and spearhead a project using access. So I think that you have to find out how is everyone doing and where do they want an opportunity to grow and shine. I know he was extremely proud that everyone said, hey, that's fantastic, and now he's spearheading that project. So he's able to grow, he's able to share his strengths, and it helps the entire organization develop and move forward. It takes an enlightened boss to make a team function effectively. Ask any baseball manager or football coach. But it also takes a degree of self-awareness to learn how to provide employees the space to happily do their work. My natural default is control freak, and everyone in my family, friends, and, and employees will tell you that. What I had to do was say, you have the right to say, Dawn, you said you wanted me to do it, let me do it. And to give people the confidence that they can speak to power within their own organization. In our organization, I'm, I'm the head power. And to really check me when I'm not walking the walk. So I say that I want everyone to work independently, collaboratively, in a team method. And when I try and subvert that process, people will push back. So 
it's been very nice that one of our staff has taken on a managerial role in the office when she saw a number of things that were falling onto my plate and she said I'll take it over and once I accepted the fact that she would do it I exhaled and everyone then knew that they would go to her for those responsibilities so you have to really be honest if you're going to say I'm going to delegate then delegate and I constantly remind my staff everyone has to delegate so the strength of our organization is in the cohesiveness and the fabric that we create here and while I do value that people have an individual strength if they're not willing to share it and allow other people to grow their strengths we don't become as strong as we can so you have to really walk the walk not just talk the talk and give people the freedom and the confidence that if they speak to the powers that be there are no ramifications except for someone to go you're right uh, I'm not keeping my word thank you for reminding me it's your football run with it now it's easy to imagine that every member of the team just does what they're supposed to do that's kind of an old-fashioned interchangeable parts sort of fallacy so what accommodations need to be made for cross-training can improve flexibility cushion against unexpected absences and make employee work more enjoyable so for our clients there is an entire team of people starting with payroll so one person here uh, is in charge of payroll but has taught other people on the team how to do the payroll if they are not there other people are in charge of accounts payable and receivable again those functions have been taught across the team so anyone can do it and the financial reporting and understanding of what the financials mean is something that we go over as a team so that everyone understands that when you're looking at the balance sheet or income statement not only what you should be looking at internally to see if there are any mistakes or concerns but what you should be bringing to the attention of the clients and their focus on what the important financial indicators are so as a team everyone has to know how it works the importance of it so that no part of it uh, falls through the cracks Having the nerve to let go of the controls and let sailors sail the ship is crucial, but I wanted to know what Dawn thought she had achieved in the company with this mindset. I think that it's been a platform really for growth and excitement. If someone is doing the same thing day in, day out, it can become very mundane, routine, actually boring and uh, demoralizing. So when people have a chance to learn new parts of a process or how a company works or functions, when they get to improve their skills, whether it's through learning new applications, new programs, new ways of doing business, it gives them a chance to be a better worker and be a better uh, human being. So people naturally wanna learn and you have to constantly provide those opportunities. And I think people forget that, that it's very boring to do the same thing day in, day out. And when we have an entire team supporting a client and everyone's able to jump in and learn all of those new skills, it's very exciting. I think we used to have a very old school, traditional, uh, somebody sits there, does the bookkeeping, I review the financials, bring in trusted advisors to ask them questions about different issues. But when everyone is part of the team and has a say in how things are done and understands the importance of their roles, it makes them want to be more attentive to mistakes and to take responsibility. So they really feel, as a client manager, they're in charge 
of this client. And one of the things we've tried to instill and I think we've become very good at over these 30 years is that we treat every client as if their business is our business. So I always say to new hires and remind employees, would you let your accounts become overdrawn? Would you not get the best rates? Would you not go back to vendors and try and get better deals? Would you not want to have a clear picture of the trajectory of your business? If those indicators don't matter to you, then you won't understand the importance and how we have to educate and support our clients. So we treat every client's business as if it's our own, their employees as if they are our own. We want to make sure that they have proper cash flow, proper financials, proper advisors, and be the best that they can be. But things don't always go smoothly. I asked Dawn what surprises she had encountered in her business as a result of creating a teamwork culture. Surprises. Wow, that's interesting. Well, in terms of surprises, I think that, especially for younger people when we have interns, when they first get the chance to understand the real-world applications of what they've been learning in college and then see it literally firsthand and touch it and feel it and say, wow, when I enter this, it changes all of these things. So, you know, that the the income, profit or loss in the balance sheet is going to match up on the income statement and they see all of the things that have gone into it. It's very exciting. I know that might sound a bit geeky, but to actually see and understand the ramifications of financial transactions on a business or on the financials is hugely exciting and so we often get that first opportunity with college uh, students or graduates to say hey this is what I've been studying now it makes sense I understand it's important so that's hugely exciting and I'm surprised that they don't have those opportunities other places throughout their university experience. I think if you are hiring right if you are hiring smart people then you have to trust them. I always say if we hire somebody smart we can teach them anything If we hire somebody who only knows how to do one thing over and over again, they won't be able to pivot, they won't be able to learn new things, they won't be able to collaborate and integrate in our team. So I think hiring smart is the most important thing. Also, being open to people coming in from different walks of life. So we have people who don't have traditional math backgrounds or accounting backgrounds who may have come from sciences, customer service, but people who had an affinity for numbers, organization, and who love to excel. Many thanks to Dawn Reshendoti for explaining how she implemented a culture of teamwork at Binet. Dawn's company goes far beyond bookkeeping into back office administrative management. You can read more about her organization and the core values that make it all work at Benay.com. That's spelled B-E-N-A-Y. Thanks also to Zapsplat.com for our royalty-free sound effects and music, and also the U.S. Army Band for the public domain performance of Rimsky-Korsakoff's Flight of the Bumblebee. Our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the fifth year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. 
We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates as small as a few thousand dollars and larger business loans too from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. This episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 17-3. Okay, Don, what's the best part of being a business owner? Surprises. 